It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, Anson, yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Happy to have you along with us on a Wednesday and uh, a busy one. Uh, we'll be previewing Utah State in New Mexico. We meant to do that yesterday, but, uh, you know, breaking news and all kind of got in the way. Yeah, things happen. And that's okay. Um, but uh, we, we will get into that, what the coaches are saying about it, what the players are saying uh, I did have a chance to go up to uh, post-practice for basketball yesterday. Spoke to Max Shulga and Dan Akin. Got the pronunciation right? There we go. Got, got the mystery solved. Yes. So uh, we will hear from them as the Utah State men's basketball season quickly approaches. It starts on Monday with uh, Utah Valley coming to town. A doubleheader in the spectrum. The women play at 3 Yes. And then the men at 7. And so it uh, be fun to have both teams playing in the spectrum uh, on the same day. And I believe I was talking to Ashley Springer. She's the sports information director over men's basketball. And she was saying that there were going to be a number of doubleheaders, actually, this upcoming season. So that will be kind of fun. And uh, Monday will be the first. And so we'll hear from the players, uh, get a little bit of a preview for Utah State uh, men's basketball how their training camp has uh, has been going, and how they feel about their personal, uh, you know, progress as uh, individuals and as a as a team. So we'll hear from them a little bit later on. Uh, you did hear some news there at the top of the hour. This uh, kind of developing just within the last hour that uh, Gonzaga is in conversations with the Big Twelve to join them as a uh, basketball team and uh, joining their their conference as uh, as a new member with all the other shifts that are going on, being able to enter in and uh, be a participant with uh, the Big 12 Basketball uh, League. And uh, just hearing that news just makes me frustrated and sick that the Mountain West had such an opportunity and they they messed it up. They didn't, couldn't get it done. Yeah, you have the chance to add a prestigious program like Gonzaga. Like, Gonzaga's made the West Coast Conference relevant. Like that's the only reason that conference is relevant in the slightest. Huh. Having, yes. ha- having BYU's helped, having St. Mary's helps a little more, but it's Gonzaga. They run the show there, and then you know when they leave, Gonzaga's going to become irrelevant. St. Mary's is probably going to want to leave the West Coast. You know, maybe Ma- the Mountain West has a chance to pick up St. Mary's, but. I mean, maybe they won't. Maybe St. Mary's will like to roll into being the big dog in the West Coast. Yeah, so. it, it's curious that um, you know with the changes that are happening. You know, it, uh, look, Gonzaga is a power program 
in a mid-major conference. Yeah. They've, they've managed to make the completely unique position of being effectively a major conference team in a otherwise irrelevant conference. They recruit, you know, like their, you know, major power conference. They get, like, number one recruits, five-star recruits, potential number one overall guys. Perennial Final Four, even national championship contenders. Yeah. So that they've managed to do that as a, you know, suppose they were a mid-major team, but they've elevated beyond that, essentially, on their own, which is a spectacular accomplishment. You know, it's the kind of thing that Boise State was dreaming of being able to do in football, but then we were never able to do that. You know, nobody's been able to do that in football. No. But Gonzaga was able to do it in basketball. Now they're probably just going to go to a major conference because then they can get a little bit more money and still be Gonzaga. Right, and, and but they, they scheduled great out of conference, right? They were always going to big tournaments, playing big big time blue chip opponents and then they get into their own conference play and they'd have you know some semi decent teams there to play but they also had a lot of teams that would drag them down and so they still were strong in the net despite a a, a mid level or even weak conference uh, and weak or you know bottom half of the conference for sure but this would be a dramatically different for them where they get to prove look as how good they are from start to finish in a much more competitive basketball league, and uh, you know having BYU uh, in the in the mix is uh, you know not so much a close travel partner, but at least somebody further west to make that a little bit more palatable for them. Whereas maybe several just a few years ago, that really wouldn't have been even. Uh, in the question to even consider Gonzaga maybe as part of the Big 12. Yeah, and with the the money they'll be getting from going to the Big 12, they'll be fine. And I'm sure they were loving having to share a lot of the money they'd been earning with the rest of the West Coast, which, to be honest, I think the rest of the that conference has been using it wisely. You've had a couple of teams in the West Coast that have elevated themselves to being decent mid-major teams. You know, St. Mary's is already kind of been pretty decent, but you know they've been really solid the last few years. BYU's been really solid. You know San Francisco's had some years. There, there's and I think San Diego's had a, a year or two where they've been decent at least. Sometimes pretty good. Well, if you're if you're in that conference, you know you have an opportunity to be on national television and play against a top flight team at least twice a year, just because Gonzaga is there. And now with Gonzaga, if or if they do end up leaving, uh, that'll be really interesting to see what happens to that conference. If others try to make moves, uh, or if they just circle the wagons and do the best they can, but uh, they certainly will not be near the conference as they have been with both Gonzaga and uh, uh, BYU out of the mix. Well, they were a team that could be a three-bid league. In a given year, if, if Gonzaga was well, Gonzaga was always going to make it. St. Mary's can usually get an at-large bid, and BYU is certainly capable of getting an at-large bid. And maybe if one of the other teams has a really good year, they could maybe be a four-bid league. Kind of where the Mountain West is right now, where three-bid league in a really good year, they obviously don't have the top-flight program like Gonzaga, but they could have three decent teams 
a fourth team if they're just having a really good year as a conference. The problem for the West Coast now is that two of those top three are leaving. And so at that point, you become... Probably a one-bid league, maybe two. Yeah, you go from three, maybe four, to one, maybe two. Because you have St. Mary's, who can certainly, you know, get there every year. But then again, they might leave. So if they leave, then you become very much just one of those other one-bid leagues. 435-339-0321 here on the Full Court Press. And maybe this gets into our Would You Rather Wednesday. Now, a few years ago when... The news kind of came out that uh, Gonzaga was flirting with the Mountain West. Um, this was right before the Mountain West tournament in Las Vegas. The uh, some of the reports that that also surfaced. The reason why it didn't happen is that they wanted a deal somewhat similar to Boise State in football, where they were able to they would be able to retain more of the television revenue, not an equal share and maybe even retain more of the NCAA tournament revenue based on their own performance rather than an equal share. And that turned off a lot of members of the Mountain West because, like, look, we already have to deal with this mess with one school of football. Do we really want to do this again with basketball? So the, the question is, would you rather have Gonzaga in the Mountain West if you have to give up uh, or, or allow them to keep extra money for national broadcasts or even NCAA tournament appearances, or would you rather say, no, it needs to be an equal share because we need to be to be able to raise all institutions fairly with the financial windfalls that come with national TV games and NCAA tournament appearances? And so really it comes down to was the Mountain West and other teams going to have a net benefit? Were they going to be able to have that guaranteed net benefit by adding Gonzaga? Because sure, you know, let's say Gonzaga brings in—I don't know. Let's just throw out a number. Let's say ten million dollars. I don't know. Just work with small numbers here. They bring the conference ten million dollars, but they want to keep like five or six million. Okay, but the conference still is growing. By that again, we're just throwing numbers out. They're still growing by a certain amount of money. Now, if they were coming in and saying we're going to keep all of that, all of the money that we potentially bring in, and you'll get some exposure benefit this dubious yeah you'll benefit somewhat we'll just keep all the money if it's kind of like that second scenario i can understand being turned off by you know bringing gonzaga because you're not being promised any guarantees but if there was a guaranteed benefit it makes no sense why they would have turned it off or been been turned off by that proposal yeah i think i'm in the camp that i would rather have a type a top flight basketball program in my conference yeah, they may end up getting an unequal share of revenues and uh, in, in, with TV exposures and things like that, TV revenue or NCAA tournament units. Uh, but if you have a perennial national title contender in your conference, that is going to raise the tide for your entire conference. And high tides raise all ships. So, yes, they they may get a little bit more still, but... Utah State's going to end up getting a little bit more. And San Diego State's going to end up getting a little bit more. And Colorado State and New Mexico and UNLV, they're going to get on national television more often. They're going to get extra revenue opportunities. And the the conference as a whole is probably going to get an extra team into the tournament by nature of having such a top-flight program like Gonzaga. But they couldn't pull it off. Now, what I don't understand, and this is one of those other kind of weird, complicated legacies of John Hartwell, is that 
a few years ago when this was initially talked about, uh, it, it was it was rumored, it was talked about, it was hap- those discussions were happening alongside the Mountain West Conference tournament in Las Vegas a few years ago. Then it went quiet, and then apparently it, it kind of started talk coming up again, and at an event at the Estes Center, I believe this was. I can't remember if it was at a volleyball game or a preseason women's basketball event, but he goes on the microphone to the crowd saying, looks like we've got Gonzaga coming to the Mountain West. And then that was the only place I'd ever heard that come up again, and then nothing more came of it. So it was really kind of a head-scratcher why he would say that and then that nothing came of it. So uh, apparently there were discussions that were happening again, but they – Never really materialized, unfortunately. Yeah, and it is unfortunate because, you know, Gonzaga now looks like they can very well go to the Big 12, and the Big 12 has a big reason now to bring in Gonzaga because they're going to be suffering football-wise uh, and, and even basketball with, with the losses they're taking. And adding in a premier program will help them, you know, it won't make up for losing Texas and Oklahoma in football and basketball. But it well, can make also, up a little bit. Well, and they've also been talking about renegotiation, renegotiating media rights, which are going up still significantly. And Gonzaga absolutely would benefit from that. And then the conference would benefit from that and help them justify with their media partners the amount of revenue that, that they're getting from them. Yeah, so it's, it, it just – I'm like with you where I'm, I'm just frustrated that the Mountain West – in an area where they needed to be trying to expand, just circled the wagon and said, no, we're just going to keep who we got. When they could have been making themselves better. Now, if you're not improving, you're getting worse. And the Mountain West is getting worse. Because everyone else, you know, everyone around them is getting better. Except for, I guess, the Pac-12. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, they're taking all of the, the chances that the Mountain West could have to expand. So it's just Mountain West just going to be the same. Yeah, and that's that's a frustrating aspect of uh, Commissioner Thompson's legacy too, right? Like in in times of uncertainty and, and of chaos, those are times where you can be opportunistic. And the Mountain West was not opportunistic. Uh, instead, they just circled the wagons and said, let's hang on, let's hold our hands and make a tight circle here rather than going to Texas. Uh, and, and getting some of the schools there out of Texas with San Antonio or North Texas, or getting Gonzaga as a basketball member with these times of uncertainty, there's also time for opportunity. And the uh, Mountain West did not take advantage of that and let that opportunity slip away. And now Gonzaga is going to a uh, you know, bigger opportunity. Now, it's not done, but they're talking. And if Gonzaga and the Big 12 are talking, then. I would certainly think that the Big 12 has more to offer than the Mountain West does. And see, the thing is, the only way I feel like this ends up crashing is that the Big 12, you know, if Gonzaga goes to Big 12 and says, all right, we want this, you know, favorable, you know, media package and keep more of the revenue like they presented the Mountain West and like Boise State has with Mountain West. If they try and present that to the Big 12, you know, I'd have to imagine the Big 12 is just going to scoff and say, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> They're not that desperate. Yeah. And so if Gonzaga insists upon that, they'll get turned away at the door by the Big 12. And then maybe the Mountain West could try a second time to swoop in. 
But if Gonzaga is willing to concede on that and say, look, we know we're going to be the premier program, but it's overall a really good conference, so we can't really justify getting the, you know, you know, preferential treatment. Then, you know, if they're willing to concede on that, then they'll very easily join the Big 12. It'll be mutually beneficial. Uh, remember, uh, text line is open, 435-339-0321 on a Would You Rather Wednesday. Uh, 9315 sent the text in earlier this morning, which was kind of funny because we were in the studio at the time this text came through doing something else. But uh, this is the text that came in this morning uh, from 9315. Glad that the BYU is a dumpster fire right now. And why would you not have the fan or KVNU keep broadcasting the USU games? Why not do a tandem or simulcast the games on more than one place? Was listening to the podcast. That's why the early text. Um, so, yeah, the BYU situation is a dumpster fire. Uh, but in regards to the second point there, um, they're – I have to be careful about how I talk about this, but there have been some conversations in the past about finding some, still finding some way. Um, it's been complicated, not because of Utah State, the officials there, but the folks at Learfield. And I also want to make this clear, too. Uh, and I was thinking about this yesterday after a discussion on this during the show. One of the ways to kind of maybe explain our position and what's going on with the whole broadcast situation. Let's say, let's say you're, I don't know, Jim Lobb, and you've got an electric company, right? And you've got these vans that go out to do uh, you know, electric work at different uh, businesses. And say uh, Utah State approaches him and says, hey, um, actually Learfield approaches him, says, hey, you know, we... We want to do uh, stuff with the electric business and use your vans to do it. But it would be good for the university if you let us do it. Now, does that make a lot of sense that uh, he, lends, he, he lets somebody else use his vehicles and his equipment and do it for their purposes, uh, but you know, they're taking his opportunities uh, for his uh, employees and for his bottom line, you know, it, it doesn't really make sense. And that's, to some degree, what was trying to be presented to us from the folks at Learfield, using our property, but they would be selling it and uh, not allowing us to sell it. So it just would be really complicated as a business model that just doesn't make sense, doesn't work. So I, I don't know if that's a clear example, but hopefully that helps answer that a little bit. Also, 9315, uh, would you rather on the fan give away Utah State basketball or football tickets? Um, and then why did not the Mountain West try harder to get Gonzaga? Story of the Mountain West. And then I hope we can do better before football in the Mountain West is affected. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's unfortunate the Mountain West couldn't get that deal done. But uh, I would, as far as giving away tickets, I, I you know, I don't, I'd be happy to give away tickets to either if I had them. Yeah, and, well, we get them so every now and again, so I imagine it'll happen at some point. But, unfortunately, none for Friday or Saturday or for next Monday at this point. Uh, 435-339-0321 on the Full Court Press on a Would You Rather Wednesday. I'd love to get you any uh, that you might have. Uh, we'll hear from coach and players about Utah State and New Mexico. We'll hear from... Utah State men's basketball players, Dan Akin and Max Shulga, 
about how their training camp has gone as they get ready for the start of their seasons. Um, Utah Jazz play tonight. They're in Dallas. Look, they've been able to take on one high-profile Western Conference team after another and played really well. Can they do it again in Dallas against Luka Doncic? Uh, so we'll do that. And uh, so there is some news out of Utah State today, too, making it official about the interim AD. So we'll get into all that coming up. 435-339-0321 right here on the Full Court Press. Hey, the Cash Food Pantry has a crucial need for donations right now. There are more families seeking assistance than ever. Uh, you know, with inflation going up, gas prices are still high. Turkeys, hams, anything that might be part of a traditional Thanksgiving or Christmas meal are desperately needed. So if you have, even if you have backyard chickens and can spare some eggs, Cash Food Pantry has facilities where they can store perishables. So the food pantry, they have a strong buying power and can really stretch a dollar. So if you don't have food donations you can make, cash donations really go a long way. So you can make that those donations in person at the food pantry or on their website, or you can even use Venmo to help out the cash food pantry. So their Venmo handle is at cash-pantry. That's at cash, C-A-C-H-E, dash pantry. And uh, any, any donation goes a long way. So join us here at The Fan and uh, all of us here at the Cash Valley Media Group Help out the cash food pantry as they assist a lot of local families this holiday season. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Is there a doctor here? Listen. Yeah, it was just kind of unlucky. What happened is unfortunate. We felt like we could push the pace. There's an expression that my coach in college, Eddie Sutton, used to have, which is you can be tired, but you can't play tired. Like, Gerald Everett, I know you're sucking at wind. I know you need it out of the game. But, bro, you just quit because you were tired. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Saturday afternoon, it's a 1.30 kickoff for the Aggies versus New Mexico Lobos. This will be a military appreciation game. Get yourself prepared with Aggie camel gear from Locker 42. Aggie logo t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, jackets, blankets, and more. Locker 42 is also happy to announce new Nike sideline gear is now starting to arrive. Get your camo Aggie gear for Saturday's military appreciation game, Locker 42, and you can shop either location, the North Store at 1430 North Main, next to Little Caesars, or the flagship store at 36 South Main. Locker 42. Hey, you know what sounds amazing? What's that? Three-day weekends. Well, you know, Schreiber Foods will give you three-day weekends. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they're hiring forklift drivers. You work Monday through Thursday, 12-hour shifts. You get Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. But I don't know how to drive forklift. That's okay. We do in-house training and certification. No way. Three-day weekends. Here I come. Schreiber Foods is expanding and offering increased wages, benefits, and yes to three-day weekends. Apply online at schreiberfoods.com. Equal opportunity employer. It's that first kiss, that moment in time. Over the last few years, we have expanded the store to create one of the largest engagement selections in northern Utah. In addition to our goldsmith, we now have a design team that creates, casts, and brings to life your one-of-a-kind ring right here in our store. All for one common goal, to make it special for you. If you haven't been in yet, come see what makes us so special. Make it special, make it jealous. 
When it comes to home care, it's important to know you have a choice. If you or a loved one is in need of hospice or home health services, remember that Primrose Home Care and Hospice believes in treating the patient, not the problem. We work directly with you and your doctor to create a health plan that's catered to your needs. Our team is devoted to providing options in the freedom and safety of your own home. Visit us at primrosecare.com or call to schedule a free consultation. Primrose Home Care and Hospice, your local hospice and home health provider since 2006. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. 435-339-0321 if you want to chime in on the Full Court Press. A couple texts have come through. 0513 uh, texting in. Got to talk about Jerry Bovey. Never heard of him. (laughs) Who's that guy? Uh, Yeah, Jason, you put the story together today. uh, Utah State officially naming him as the interim AD. Yeah, so you can go read about that. You get all the... All the details, all the boring details of exactly what his career has been like and all that. Managed to put that together. Um, but, yeah, it, you know, surprise of the century. <laughs> Heavy sarcasm with that. Uh, it was really just a matter of time. I probably could have written that article yesterday about him being named the interim coach and just waited till interim the AD. Er, interim AD. Excuse me. Um, yeah, and just waited for them to announce it because we all knew that was going to happen. He was always going to be the interim and a lot of people are clamming for him to, you know, stay as the athletic director. Remove that interim tag and just go with it. Uh, he's very popular. Obviously, his accomplishments at Weber State are, you know, what a lot of people are basing that off of and saying just make him the AD. He's a Utah State graduate, got his bachelor's degree at Utah State, got his master's at Weber, uh, but was very successful at Weber, and so people are just wanting him to come in, be the local, and they feel like he can do the job. Yeah, and we, we talked a little bit about him yesterday as uh, uh, certainly a strong candidate to replace uh, uh, John Hartwell at that position because he's had success. Right? He, he had success at UHSAA. He had success at Weber State uh, with coaching hires, with facilities and fundraising upgrades that happened there. He's been in Logan for a little while uh, in charge of several things at Utah State that have been working well. But the the biggest thing for me, and we talked about this yesterday, is here's a guy that not only is he from the state of Utah and understands the culture of Utah, he's an Aggie. Now, it's it shouldn't be the only data point when considering if he should be the, the, the full-time AD, but I think it should be one that's considered. It's one of many data points when looking at who your, your, your people in authority at high-level positions, what they should have on their resume. Um, and I think it's one that that carries a lot of weight. Because when's the last time someone who was an Aggie was in a significant position at Utah State? 
Matt Wells as a football coach. That's probably the most recent. But outside of a coach, when's the last time either the university president or the AD was from Utah State or even the state of Utah? It's been a while. Can't recall. I don't well, Stan have... Albrecht was from the state of Utah. Yeah. But he was, you know, he didn't originally start at Utah State. So at least Albrecht understood the Utah culture and could connect and understand. And people could relate to him and he could relate to the locals. But from an athletics director position, it's been a long time since somebody has had that kind of experience behind them that locals will relate to. And and for me, like the the thing I'm you know keying on on most is that he does seem like he can do the job. At least, I mean, is anybody else really going to be able to do the job better than him? I don't know. It is all about the fundraising and the coaching hires and the being able to put together you know facilities. It seems like he can do that. He seems like he has a proven track record at Weber State. So I'm all for it. And the fact that he's a local, that's a bonus. But I'm not as much you know, with you on him needing to be a local, the new athletic director needing to be a local. You want someone who can do the job. Jerry Bovey seems like he can do the job. So you got my stamp of approval, which I know Utah State really values my, st- my stamp of <laughs> approval. They're, they're waiting for it to come across <laughs> their desk before they do anything. <laughs> I'll send him an email. You have my stamp of approval. Um, yeah, but you're right. I mean, <laughs> you said it best yesterday. I don't care if they're a Martian, if they can get the job done. Yeah. And, and I've always contended this with recruiting as well for, for football. I, I don't care if the roster is full of players from Maine. If, if they can come in here and play good football and help the team win, that's what really matters. Now, having players that are from here uh, definitely means that they they're invested maybe a little bit more because they understand the culture, they understand the history, they understand you know some of the the rivalries from from the region and from the area that carries a little bit more weight with them. But at the end of the day, can you do your job and do it well? That is the biggest and most important factor of any hire or any recruit, and that's what Jerry Bovey is going to be judged by. Like I said, it's an it's an it's a data point. It shouldn't be the only data point when considering his resume and opportunity moving forward as a full-time AD. Yeah, and honestly, if you're trying to limit yourself and saying we need to have locals, okay, you know, th- what's the population of Utah? Like 3, 4 million? You know, when I was growing up, it was like 2 million. Now we're bumping up to the 3, 4, maybe 5 million. Between 3.5 and, and 4 million. Yeah, so it's like, are you really going to limit your uh, you know, recruiting base to that? Obviously, it's going to be a little bit larger with you know how many people started in Utah and whatnot. So it's that's number is not exactly three and a half million, but you don't want to limit yourself to that. And especially when it comes to recruiting like that, if people are saying you got to recruit Utah players, no, you know how many good players live outside of Utah? You know how many good administrators, you know, come from outside of Utah? How many good coaches come from outside of Utah? You tell yourself you have to get a local then you're not being smart. Well, you're limiting yourself. I mean, you can find good talent here. We've seen great players and yeah. great administrators come from this state. But your point is that you, you really limit yourself in your opportunities, Yeah, and I, which I agree with. Yeah, like we've had really talented players. Like, like Mer Nolson, he was from around the Valley, right? Yeah, like, grew he, up he, in uh, Logan. Yeah, so obviously really elite talent. But there's been one Merlin Olsen, I guess, I mean, 
Phil Olson was pretty good, pretty good too. So like one, maybe two, you know, all you know, all time guys at the school in a hundred years. Like, don't limit yourself to that. And the same can go for coaches. Like, you know, John Ralston. He was one of the better coaches in program history. Where did he come from? Like California. Um, and you know, other great coaches. They come from outside of Logan. So don't you don't limit yourself with recruiting in that way. Don't limit yourself in coaching with that way. And don't limit yourself in terms of the AD. Now, Jerry Bovey looks like he's a local who could be perfectly fine and do the job. In which case, great. He's a local and he's good. Merlin Olson was great and he was a local. <laughs> it's spectacular. It's a match made it's a in win, heaven. It's a win-win-win. Yeah. So, like, if it works, it works. I have no problem with Jerry Bovey because he seems like he can do the job. But don't say it has to be him. Because he's a local. Just because he's a local. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah, you don't want to pass over those from the state and, and locals because you uh, feel like you need to bring in some somebody from the outside. But um, you also can't go the other way. Like, well, I have to bring in somebody that's won't have the good old boy network from being from around here. And I, I just I don't get that sense. But we don't we haven't seen a lot of Jerry Bovey in this role, so that's hard to know. But Certainly had a strong track record at Weber State. He's been involved with high-level stuff here. So, I mean, so far so good. Um, but we'll see, you know, who other what other candidates emerge and how Noel Cockett proceeds going forward. Yeah, so just – and it's really hard with these kind of roles because head coaching, it's hard enough to guess because you just have to say, all right, was he a coach of good teams? Um, with ADs, it's like, how do you measure an athletic director's success? I mean, fundraising is you can kind of look at it, but there aren't always, you know, hard, isn't always hard data on that. Um, facilities, like, was it all the athletic director? Did they just get lucky with someone donating? You know, it can be tricky. Well, there, there really kind of is a three legged stool in my mind for determining a, a, a successful athletic director. Maybe it'll be four legs, but one of them is uh, hires. Do you hire good coaches? Uh, two would be fundraising. Fundraising, fundraising, fundraising. It's a, especially at an institution like Utah State, it has to be big. It has to be a big priority. Uh, three would be um, you know, facilities ex- ex- expansion or facility upgrades. And then fourth would be, um, do you have opportunities to be you know, can you get involved with higher-profile things like selection committees, uh, like NCAA tournament selection committees, and things like that? Uh, and then they don't—all four have to be like working in tandem, but you need a couple of those strong legs of that stool to be considered. I think to be considered a, a really successful and high-profile uh, athletic director who's doing your job at a very high level for your school. Yeah, and I feel like that's fair. That's a lot of work to dig into all that <laughs> to figure out how good they are. It is, but Scott Barnes did that. I mean, he was on the NCAA selection committee. There was significant fundraising, significant facilities upgrades, and he made coaching hires that brought a lot of success to Utah State. Now, that significantly raised his personal profile, and he leveraged that to go somewhere else. Uh, someone like Jerry Bovey, would he go somewhere else? I don't know. Hard to know, but where he's been from here and he's done things in the state of Utah, my guess would be he'd probably stick around for a while. But 
you never know. We thought Matt Wells would probably stick around for a little while, and eventually he answered that siren call to go to a bigger program too. Yeah, and well, Jerry Bovey got his master's at Weber State. He left 10 years there, and he just left to go to a bigger place, not even an athletic director job, just took the deputy role at Utah State. He's very willing to leave to go to a bigger job. He's already shown that in his career. And you know, he left UHSAA to go to Weber State and whatnot. So he's obviously willing to leave. If he gets a good opportunity, he's gonna leave. You know, don't don't flatter yourself saying that just because he's local he's gonna stay at Utah State. He may not, but when you start waving dollar signs and bigger opportunity, people with any sense of ambition will take that step up. Couple texts coming through. Um uh, this is from 9315. Whoever USU gets for the new AD, I hope he is football-minded. That's a driving seat for all other USU sports. That's uh, very true. Yeah, in terms of financials, if you can get football rolling, then it pays for the rest. It's that case with every school. I was going to start listing off schools, but then I was just like, well, that's just how it is. Unless you're Gonzaga. Yeah, unless you're Gonzaga, <laughs> yes. Unless you're a few of those schools that just don't have football, like the Gonzaga, St. Mary's. and. Um, but if you look even at uh, uh, places like Kansas or Kentucky who have really good basketball, school, uh, basketball schools, their football revenue drives their athletic budget. And yeah, their like football it, programs are usually not very good. Yeah, like the and Utah State's football, you, or look at their, their athletic um, budget, there's two programs that make money. And from the few years that I've looked at, basketball makes less than a million dollars. Football makes a few million dollars. Like, in actual profit. That's just the way it is. <laughs> 9310. I think the new AD needs to have the vision and connections to see us through the next wave of conference realignment. Yeah, it, it, I mean, there's a role that the AD will play on that. Um it, it kind of comes, I mean, your your conference commissioner plays a, a significant role in that as well. And that's up in the air for the Mountain West. That replacement has not been named. But uh, definitely some very interesting times ahead for whomever that conference commissioner is or the athletic director is for USU. Because you're right, there's going to be more realignment in the, over the next uh, several years. Yeah, and the thing is, New athletic director, he's going to have to come in and make a huge push in facilities and in, in different things like that because the next push for realignment for Utah State, it's going into a Power Five conference. But the gap between where they're at now and being attractive to being one of those conferences is enormous. Oh, it's enormous. And so that might, like, assuming that's even a possibility down the line, honestly, that's probably two or three athletic directors down the road. Two, two or three great athletic directors who make big pushes. Uh, yeah, they're gonna have to be a significant increase in the donor base for Utah State. You might need God Himself to come be the athletic director <laughs> of Utah State to get them into a Power Five. Yeah, uh, seven nine nine four. I agree that only looking local can limit the search for talent. I am glad that one zero six nine the fan doesn't limit its search for talent. <laughs> Happy face. <laughs> I came from Kaysville. I'm not a, you know, grew up in the Valley local. <laughs> Still came from Utah. We're both Utah boys. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, te- technically, I was born in Oklahoma. 
Well, I was born in Texas. There we go. Hey, there we go. They're bringing in talent from everywhere. <laughs> 9463. Uh, if I were a decision maker, wouldn't you want an emphasis placed more on fan engagement and events? Oh, and there's a previous text, too. I'd be curious to see a rubric for what athletic directors are graded by. Can't imagine Hartwell would be graded very well on his performance. All right, so two two main points here. Uh, rubric on you know, what athletic directors are graded by. Uh, we mentioned this kind of briefly yesterday, but John Hartwell is the highest paid athletic director in all of the Mountain West, which honestly surprised me a little bit. But when you, when you look at the list of the top paid ADs, they're usually, most of them are at the, which what I would call smaller schools of the Mountain West, which really surprised me. I, I would have thought the highest paid ADs in the Mountain West would be at Fresno, San Diego State, Boise State. Um, but that's not the case. The highest state paid ADs are at Utah State and New Mexico. Uh, and um, who was the third one? I think Wyoming's. Uh, so this that really surprised me. I thought Colorado State would be up there too, but John Hartwell making over what was it five hundred and fifty grand? I'll see if I can find it. I think it was yeah, I think it was about five fifty. So of course you look at the locations where they're at: Wyoming, New Mexico. I mean, granted, Boise and Reno aren't exactly the greatest places to be, but maybe it feels like for some of these schools where maybe you feel like they're a little lower on the totem pole, maybe they have to incentivize their athletic directors a little bit more. I don't know if that's just off-top-of-my-head speculation after hearing that information. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to, we'll, we'll pull that up. We'll, we'll dig into that. Uh, more of your texts coming through. Uh, oh, but um, actually, I want to get to 9463. Getting back to you know, graded on performance, um, do you make good hires for coaches? Do those coaches have success? I think that's a really big grade. Man, in that case, Hartwell was very good at that. Yes, he was very, he was exceptional. Um, fundraising, uh, I think that would be a big one. And then just, you know, what's your, I think from a university who is your, your charter, they want to look at what's your academic success of your student athletes. And Utah State has done very well with that. Yeah. So in at least a couple of those instances, Hartwell has, he has several things to hang his hat on. Yeah. He's not perfect. I know a lot of people are not happy with his fundraising or different things like that, but, I mean, you can't have a perfectly all, all-around guy because Bowie might come and be great at, you know, fundraising and whatnot. What happens when he, have, when he has to make the final call in a head coaching? What if he can't hire head coaches? Hopefully he's learned from Hartwell in that, in that sense. Yeah. Uh, and then on the other point here from 9463, uh, if I were a decision-maker – wouldn't you want an emphasis placed more on fan engagement and events? Certainly, I think that is an area that Utah State can improve upon, is its fan engagement. Uh, would you go to other parts of the country and see fan engagement with their teams? I mean, it's, it's a whole other level. I understand that it's a cultural thing that Utah doesn't really have based on you know, compared to some other areas of the country, but that's not to say that you couldn't try to get there i see some other i know utah byu they have big tailgating events before their games um that's something that i think utah state certainly could improve upon 
and outside of that, I think there are other ways to have fan engagement and 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 events to let fans connect with coaches and players. I think that is important. I don't know if it's high on the emphasis list. I think fundraising and uh, engaging with your donors and uh, and and just with the community. I think those are really important. I, I would think that's important. You know, fan engagement. But uh, I, I think I'd put those others ahead of it. See, from a fan's perspective, placing emphasis on fan engagement in events sounds like it should be the top priority. And it's going to sound harsh, but if, if you're trying to be financially successful and just successful in the athletic department, it's not. Your emphasis is on fundraising, which technically involves fan engagement, but it's engagement with a few fans who give you lots of money um, and, you know, getting media, you know, media deals. That's where a lot of the money is mm-hmm. being driven from. Mm-hmm. Sure. Fan engagement drives ticket sales. And that's a big part of it, but you know, that can kind of come just from being a good team. Obviously you don't ignore fan engagement, but it's a lot lower on the priority list than people from the outside may want to think of it. All right, now that's it. I'm out here in the Full Court Press. Love to continue to get your texts on a Would You Rather Wednesday, 435-339-0321. Evan McMullen says he's independent. The Democrat Party knows he's not. Cheers rang loud after Utah Democrats reached a decision to join Evan McMullen. Democrats chose to back him. Why are Biden's allies pulling out all the stops to elect McMullen? Because he'd do their bidding in the Senate. Conservatives know he's a Democrat in disguise, but sometimes his mask slips. His positions on issues match the Democrat platform. He wants to weaken the filibuster, backed Biden's radical Supreme Court nominee, attacked police budgets, supported reckless spending, more debt. He's just another Biden liberal, even campaigned to make him president. I plan to cast my vote for Joe. Imagine the America we can have. Imagine the damage after two more years of a Democrat Senate giving Biden free reign. Utah can stop him if we stop McMullen first. Crypto Freedom Pack is responsible for the content of this advertising. Paid for by Crypto Freedom Pack. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. 202-971-1316. Hey, Aggie fans. Looking for the best burger in town? Bring the family to Prodigy Brewing and try out our signature Prodigy Supreme Burger or a wood-fired pizza. Need a smaller plate for the kids? Our kids' menu has you covered. Whether you are out with the family or just want to catch the Aggies game with friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley, located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. Clean it up and get it out before the snow flies. Don't wait another winter. Let DD Auto and Salvage pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204 today. See store for details. Don't get caught without power to your home or business. This is Tyler with Golden Spike Electric. We offer Generac backup generators to keep your home or business warm, avoiding frozen pipes, loss of valuable food, or even a flooded basement. Golden Spike Electric is certified and factory trained, so you know it will be installed right and properly maintained. Contact Golden Spike Electric so you'll never be without power again. 
online at gsegenerators.com. We also service other brands, Golden Spike Electric and Generac, power you can count on. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business, and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Nova, Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Valvoline Instant Oil Change is right across from Angie's on Main Street in Logan. Valvoline Synthetic, Valvoline Max Life Oil. That's the engine your vehicle loves. So go check it out. Let them take care of your vehicle. Quick, clean, and easy as it should be at 695 North Main in Logan. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press on a Would You Rather Wednesday. Uh, news today that Jerry Bovey named as the interim AD at Utah State, the least surprising news of the day. <laughs> Saw that coming a mile away. Another news, water is wet. <laughs> uh, but getting related texts on this subject, 5879 texting in, I hope Hartwell gets a bigger, better job. That always helps USU. Um, yeah, I mean it does. I mean if you if you look have a, a track record of sending people to high profile programs, that could be part of the the sales pitch to come here. I mean the locals we don't love to hear that. Like come here, so you can get a better job somewhere else. But it certainly shows and illustrates that, look, if you have success here, then you can parlay that into something pretty significant at a, uh, another place down the road. Because I mean, they've sent coaches to Wisconsin and Texas Tech uh, and Utah. Um, they've sent ADs to uh, Penn State um, and Oregon State. And, but uh, Hartwell was trying to go to Auburn. Didn't work out. Don't know if he's how long he's going to be out of the of the gig. Probably not very long, but um, yeah. I mean, it kind of it kind of helps, I guess, in a pitch to come to Utah State. Isn't that literally what college is? Come here to go somewhere else. <laughs> Basically, just take it on the college spirit. That's right. Four three five three three nine zero three two one on a Would You Rather Wednesday. We will get to coaches' comments. Getting ready for Utah State and New Mexico. And then also we'll hear from some basketball players as well. Max Shulga and Dan Akin caught up with them after practice yesterday. We'll hear from them coming up on the Full Court Press. When Evan McMullen backed Joe Biden for president, he voted for every single catastrophic policy Biden's gang of socialists and tyrants inflicted on struggling Utah families. 40-year high inflation, crushing taxes, open borders, and lost freedoms. It was a bad call. 
But McMullen's got no regrets. We can't give Evan McMullen a second chance. We need Mike Lee now more than ever, our constant constitutional defender who never gives an inch to the forces who would destroy American freedom. The Biden-McMullen agenda drove Utahns' cost of living sky high. But Mike Lee has been a bulwark, shielding us from Joe Biden's thoughtless leadership, standing strong against rampant spending, lawless borders, and creeping socialism, even when he's had to stand alone. I'm Mike Lee, and I approve this message because I love Utah. I love our country, and it's been my honor to serve as your senator. Mike Lee for Senate. Paid for by Friends of Mike Lee Incorporated. Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. Has inflation got you down? This is Zach with HSA Depot. Did you know you can save money by using your pre-tax income to buy qualifying medical supplies? Health savings and flex spending accounts can be used for more than just doctor visits and prescriptions. HSA Depot helps you conquer your health care by providing HSA and FSA eligible products, taking the guesswork out of the process. Come to HSA Depot next to Sally Beauty and see how much you can save. HSA Depot, five-star review. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Antifreeze, fuel stabilizer, ice melt, which really could come in handy right now. Rain-X and Trico silicone wiper blades. Napa Legend and Legend Premium batteries. It's all available right now at Napa Auto Parts. RV antifreeze. Even to have portable heaters, go check it out at the five locally owned Preston and Providence Napa Auto Parts stores. Uh, hey, coming up on a future Full Court Press show, we're working out details to connect with our friends down in Southern Utah to preview some high school football. The uh, 4A football semifinals will be on Saturday. Devin Dixon, friend of the program, now part of our radio family in Southern Utah, uh, help us preview those games, so stay tuned for that. Uh, and uh, we'll also give our predictions for what's going to take place for Utah State and New Mexico on uh, on Saturday. But we'll hear more from coaches and their thoughts on the matchup next hour as well. So I just saw a tweet, and it <laughs> made me laugh. It says, uh, Prime Ben Simmons is back, and it shows him sitting on the bench. He's wearing, like, <laughs> underneath is like almost like this Christmas sweater type thing, and he's got, like, one of those, you know, grandma pullover sweater things with the buttons and whatnot. Oh, my god! <laughs> Those, like, fuzzy sweaters. It's prime Ben prime Simmons, ben baby. Simmons. Well, and I saw um, Kyrie Irving was, like, awful. The start of the game last night, he was, like, 0 for 6. And uh, somebody else tweeted out, you know, Kyrie Irving playing his role as Ben Simmons today. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody else said, Kyrie Irving doing his silent protest of Jacques Vaughn as the interim head coach. <laughs> Really scathing article on Sports Illustrated about Kyrie Irving and the whole Nets organization and how they continue to mess up what the one decision after another. Really, I mean, the position there at SI is they're 
they're disappointed and frustrated that Ime Odoka is even under consideration to be their next head coach, considering that Boston went to lengths to suspend him for a full season and uh, that basically they negate all of that by hiring him and uh, making him their next head coach, if in fact that's what happens. Yeah, it's just a crazy situation. Uh, Utah Jazz played tonight, though. We'll see how they do against Dallas. We'll talk about that next I'm hour. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The problems surrounding the Brooklyn Nets have been well documented. There were multiple reports this offseason that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant wanted out. There were rumors that Steve Nash had lost the locker room. Brooklyn's struggles to start the regular season haven't helped alleviate those concerns. The team now 2-6, and six, and Ben Simmons is yet to overcome his shooting and injury issues. Whenever a team fails to meet expectations, the head coach usually pays the price. And yesterday, the Nets officially decided to part ways with Nash. Brooklyn will now reportedly turn to former Celtics head coach M.A. Udoka. And from a basketball perspective, it's a home run. Udoka, former assistant for Brooklyn, took the Celtics to the NBA Finals last season in his first year. But when you consider the headache that Kyrie has become, Kevin Durant's offseason trade request, the uncertainty around Simmons' game, and now Udoka's own off-the-court issues, the drama surrounding the Nets is far from over. I'm Dan Patrick. Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.